Welcome to Rationalist, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your co-host, Morgan Wack, and I'm here with the magnetic Eddie Matthews. Eddie, how you doing hey, today? Hey, pretty good. Yes. So glad to be here. <laughs> I feel like I'm walking out in front of like a Letterman crowd or something. Like This is some pretty scripted laughter. We need a laugh track. I know. Morgan, give us your top 10 of Seattle. <laughs> Do, does any podcast have a laugh track? Should we try to bring that back? Go after some oh, other listeners man. who are used to the... I just can't believe that they're still doing like multicam comedies with a live audience, you know? It's always very bizarre. We tried to watch the first episode of How I Met Your Father the other Ugh. day, and it has like a very loud laugh track. It makes it very difficult to watch. Um, yeah, feels like a bygone era, you know? Yeah, it's, it is a bygone era that they're trying to smuggle into today. Um, yeah, very odd. But anyway, maybe you feel that way because you have a very unagreeable personality. Eddie, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the Enneagram of personality, and as Wikipedia calls it, or simply the Enneagram, from what? the Greek words ennea, meaning nine, and uh, gramma, meaning something written or drawn, is a model of the human psyche, which is principally understood and taught as a typology of nine interconnected personality types. Nice. That's what we're talking about today. Nice. I feel like we're two good people to talk about it, because like, you're like a real researcher with like a real PhD and you like know recursion models for statistical uh, abnormalities and you brief Congress on stuff. And I got like a fake, you know, PhD in creative writing in this, you know, nascent academic field. That's not really like academic at all, which I feel like means that I am somebody to fall for something like the Enneagram and think that there's like legitimacy to it, even though there's no science behind it. And you're probably a little bit more skeptical. I mean, I am skeptical. I will agree with that part of, of the analysis. <laughs> so we're, so all I'm trying to say is like, we're, we're, this is a good balance. This is going to be a good balanced discussion of the Enneagram because usually people with the Enneagram, it's like, it's really big and, you know, like, uh, evangelical christian community is it oh interesting okay yeah yeah this specific <laughs> one not the like any other one because i was going to talk about how popular just personality tests in general but the enneagram in particular this, is like a christian thing yeah this specific one okay. because i think a couple big kind of christian writers like got really into it one of which is richard Rohr. um so i think it kind of made its way more into like mainstream christian culture in a way that it didn't for i don't know no one christian culture so it's just funny because like um, um you'll read stuff like through it and i i believe it actually originates in the sufi muslim uh, wisdom tradition so it's not even like originated in a christian thing we christians just co-opted it like we do all, everything and so um so that's did, funny i did it, think it was weird when it said uh whether 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 I was going to you know burn in hell if I uh, supported same sex no, marriage well, that was very I, weird. Well, I was curious <laughs> if your um, report you know that you got after taking the test or the results like start getting into this like Christ language because mine did. Did it? <laughs> I've had friends take it and they're like, "What the hell?" Is this? <laughs> oh, you're right. There is a God. I didn't even read through the whole thing. Yep. Oh so the last sentence is I I don't want to. Maybe you got. The, I know you wanted to. No, guess, no, no. So I'm, I'm not going to read anything. Yeah. I, okay. Okay. I guarantee I'm going to guess it. Okay. So. Wow. Guarantee. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna back up one second. So it's a personality type kind of um, inventory, you know, like one of these. And these, um, and these are getting a lot more popular, right? Because of the internet, basically, right? <laughs> like you yeah. used to. 
from I did like very minimal background research on personality tests for this, and it seems like they've basically been around since the early 20th century. But you used to have to like buy a booklet, and then it just was a lot yeah. more of a pain in the ass. And they were because you had to justify buying a booklet, they were like hundreds of pages long, and you had to answer like thousands of questions. Um, no, thanks. And so with the internet, that makes it a lot easier. But I will give you some rundown facts on personality tests in general, not just this one, but somewhere between 10,000 companies, 2,500 colleges and universities, 200 government agencies, and a majority of Fortune 500 companies employ something like uh, Myers-Briggs or top big five personality tests in their uh, kind of daily working experience. Yeah, that surprises me and it doesn't so it would i think it would surprise me if big five didn't exist but to my uh -huh. understanding in the psychology community the big five has just been proved more or less to be accurate like that's mm -hmm. the that's the gold standard i think in mbti there's probably a lot of like debate around you know strengths finders a lot of debate or enneagrams not you know scientific or taken seriously in the scientific community but i, I think the big five the... is the one right I think that's the main one people use, yeah. But I prefer uh, Hogwarts houses, so I'm pretty sure that. What are your what's what's your house? Well, guess I think you probably figured out. I feel like uh, you're a Gryffindor. Be... Actually, Ravenclaw. You know, dude, I would close, be Ravenclaw yeah. too. You would definitely be Ravenclaw. Yeah, I would definitely uh, be Ravenclaw. I'd like to huh. see the. You know, the more interesting thing to me would be who is most likely to lie about their own house. <laughs> I would love to right. see the different because everyone would want to say they're a Gryffindor, obviously. And of course, yeah. like nobody would want to say they're, you know, maybe there are some people out there who are into Hufflepuffs and stuff, but it's just not very exciting. No, I would, I would like to see some breakdowns there. But anyways, let's get back to the. I feel like right, but one quick thing on I feel like Hufflepuffs are like those are the dorks of all the horror, <laughs> all the houses. That's why no one wants to to say it. Even the name is very dorky. Um, yeah. I also had some, here's some good, from the original, there was a one in 1936 that used that had a bunch of questions and they had, this is the types of questions that were in it. Are your parents dead? Have you ever had the sensation of standing outside your body? Do Mickey Mouse cartoons freak you out? What do you think of unskimmed milk? <laughs> <laughs> Those were the questions. <laughs> I mean, some of them. I was just taking this from an Atlantic article from a couple of years ago that oh took God. a bunch of these quizzes. <laughs> What, what what do you think of unskimmed milk? Uh, I don't know if I have an opinion. I don't know if I can tell you. I'm not a huge milk person in general, so I'm not sure. I, I prefer the like things that somehow are milked that shouldn't have been milked, like almonds and oats. But uh, yeah, I don't have a, an opinion. But Mickey Mouse cartoons are definitely freaky. So it's, yeah, uh, those early ones, the like mm. Steamboat Willie. Don't even say his name, dude. It's not cool. <laughs> Okay, so the nine Enneagram type descriptions. The number, the type one, the reformer, the rational idealistic type, principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionist, uh, perfectionistic. Uh, my, my dad's a, a type one. And when Is he it? heard about it, and when he heard about it, he's like, ah, oh, great. Like thinking it was <laughs> scored, you know, like, like one was like the best you could get. <laughs> What a type this, one. Type one. It, which is a very, classic. It's a very type one thing to think. <laughs> uh, type two is the helper, the caring interpersonal type, demonstrative, generous, people pleasing, and possessive. Type three, the achiever, the success oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image conscious. Type four, the individualist, 
the sensitive withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Type five, the investigator, the intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Type six, the loyalist, the committed security-oriented type, this is George Bush, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Type seven, the enthusiast, the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Type eight, there's only two more. Type eight, the challenger, the powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. Type nine, the peacemaker, which type nines, uh, I hear, are the most common type. Is it? Like, uh, uh, that's actually interesting to know which is the, I don't know, yeah. that's on. And type four, I believe, is the rarest. Um, so the peacemaker, the easygoing, huh. self-facing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Um, so yeah, that's a rundown of, of those uh, types. Each kind of type can have like a healthy state and an unhealthy state, which we can get into. Um, I'm relying on the Enneagram Institute for, uh, for this valuable information. I that's good. I'm relying that... on Wikipedia, which has just like a table with a bunch. Of, it's like a shortened <laughs> version. It's I'm, I'm really digging because it's making it very simple here. Yeah, sweet. And then I think the test, so you and I both took the test. I took it a while ago because I'm into this shit. And you <laughs> took it like 20 minutes ago. I did. I and did. so because you can I maybe slacked. speak more. Yeah, you can maybe speak more to like what the questions were. because I, I, I took a picture of a couple of my favorites, actually. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. So there's some, there's um, some funny ones. I mean, these are, I would say, not the... These are more of the on the kind of interesting side than the, the general question on the test because I only took a picture of the ones that were funny to me. Yeah. But yeah. okay, let's see. Here you go. So we we took the assessment through your Enneagram coach, which is a free thing. Probably takes I don't. What did it take you? Ten minutes? Fifteen minutes? Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't take me very long. Ten minutes. Maybe. Um, if you want to check it out, and uh, I think Enneagram, Dude, how much is Enneagram you... paying you for to, to run this episode, man? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I need to get on those. that information. <laughs> um, I feel like it's one of these things where you hear about it and you're like, this is really bullshitty. But then well, the thing is, it's so it's quick. It doesn't cost anything. So like even no, but, at right. the very least, I'm like, yeah, I could spend 10 minutes, you know, whatever. Totally. Yeah. But I think when, when like uh, someone close to you uh, is, is acting in a way that you can't make sense of, I've found it as a super helpful like hermeneutic to understand. Oh, nice. That You're like oh, classic challenger. Unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. So it's <laughs> been a really helpful way for me to be like, why in the world are they acting okay, this way? Okay, so I have a, I have a tidbit about Cambridge Analytica and these types of quizzes. Do you want me to save that till after, or do you want me to do that now and then we can dig into the results? Do the tidbit. Okay. Well, this isn't exactly about this, the enneagram in particular. It's actually about a specific program. I think it was called the Ocean Personality Test. Um, and so I think most okay. people have heard of the Cambridge Analytica uh, scandal with Trump's election, right? I mean, how... Uh, can you give the elevator pitch for those who haven't? Basically bought a bunch of data from Facebook and then tried to use that to like high, like really target specific individuals in high leverage states, swing states to, you know, so the, the, the idealized version when people that really believe this actually occurred, it's more like they took... Cubans in Florida is always the example people use and then target them with like, um, you know, Hillary Clinton is tied to communist stuff over and over and over again, because that was the specific thing that would convince them to vote Republican. Um, 
But one of the things that they attempted to do was take this personality quiz that they had had millions of people in the U.S. take um, on Facebook and then use it to predict um, like specific types of um, messaging that would work. And so they were trying to use like the personality groups that people were in as predictive measures. And they claimed for a long time that this is exactly like that was the part that worked best. And then they went back on it and said, actually, we didn't use it at all. So who knows what actually happened because that's when the lawyers became involved. Um, but if you see a quiz out there next time you take one and it starts off by saying like, do you fear being alone? And then it switches and it's like, do you fear being alone? Dot, dot, dot with Guatemalan immigrants. Just be aware, <laughs> be aware that something might not be, uh, might not be totally right. So uh, just be careful where your data is going. So I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a good tidbit. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, let's get into it. So right. there's... The oh, wait, did you want me to read the three works. questions? I have well, three questions I took pictures of here. Yes, yes, yes. But don't okay. tell me your results. Okay, okay. I guarantee I'm going to guess it correctly. <laughs> okay. The whole, for listeners, the entire premise of doing this episode was Eddie saying, I'm going to guess yours. We should do it live on the air. <laughs> so we had, yeah. to fill, we had to fill an episode around that. That's, um, how, that's how sad and boring my life's become is this is the most exciting thing that's happened in the last uh, month. Okay. Here's a couple. Uh, this one I thought was a pretty um, intense question. So it's, it's like a, you know, a Likert scale of disagree. It doesn't actually say strongly disagree, but there's like two options on disagree. Yeah. You can click even more disagree and then there's an agree and there's a middle one. And so one of the questions is, I believe there is a tragic inner flaw in me, which causes me to constantly compare myself to others who seem to be complete and whole. The comparison leaves me feeling inferior and full of shame. So these are the types of questions we're, we're getting here. Here's another one. I am often told I'm too critical of others, but what others don't know is that I have an inner critic who is relentlessly and constantly berating me with what is wrong and needs to be corrected. <laughs> and then <laughs> when people ask me where I want to go to dinner, I habitually say, I don't care. Where do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> which is my favorite one <laughs> those are good um yeah yeah exactly so they do a great job throwing like some like very innocuous ones in with something that really tries to hit you where i like to think that like 80 percent of them are just placebos and then they're like this is the one that we really <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um <laughs> So yeah, so uh, we uh, well, you know, you're not gonna guess mine because you're new to this. And like, well, I'm gonna try. Just, I'm gonna try. Okay. Anyway, well, okay. So. Okay. So um, you okay? So basically, when you take the test, you get one number, and they're like, "This is your type," and then it gives you a wing, which is basically um, kind of like a second component to that, you know. So um, what the Enneagram Institute says about wing is it says no one's one pure personality type. Everyone's a unique mixture of his or her basic type and usually one of the two types adjacent to it on the circumference of the Enneagram. All right. So if you oh, think of okay. the nine like uh, numbers around a circle, that's Ooh. kind of how they. I will uh, say if you look at the... Wikipedia, they have a picture of it for a Christian linked uh personality yeah. test surprisingly yeah. uh kind of devil worshipy in in appearance yep, yep. <laughs> exactly um which yeah richard Rohr's talked about that too he's like Did yeah he? i don't know why more people don't do this perhaps they think it's a pentagram i don't know um 
so yeah like picture basically a circle with uh each of them uh numbers i think if they just picture a pentagram it. basically that like, it's linked <laughs> and numbers. there's like arrows going yeah. to different things you know <laughs> um okay so no one is one pure personality type everyone's a unique mixture of his or her basic type usually one of the two types adjacent to it on the circumference of the enneagram right so adjacent to a one would be a nine and a two adjacent to a six would be you know uh, a five and a seven so think about it that way um one of the two types adjacent to your basic type is called your wing your basic type dominates your overall personality while the wing complements it and adds important sometimes contradictory elements to your total personality your second side of your personality if you will okay so uh the the big moment you i guarantee you're a type three with a four wing dude Okay, I, I scored exactly the same on three and four, so I got to give it to you. It's it technically gave me four as the first one, but I I don't know how it decides because it was seventy four percent for each. But very impressive. I got to give it to you. You're gonna be able to do it. That's uh, that's not yeah. bad. Yeah, I know. I should have put money on it. Well, you so because I I did the same thing. So if um if you pull up the email that you got and oh, it yeah, should have okay. a link, it should have a link to like um more information about it and if the you click on that results. link it'll okay. say why it gave you that one above the other one oh, okay um okay. so like for me uh well you can guess but i'm not gonna make you guess. oh it says it says here yeah how did number one get ahead number two towards the end of the assessment we asked you to choose between statements of your top two and then exactly. they chose the one okay i see i see so so yeah that's how i well did you want to like just take a while to guess at mine or should i just yeah yeah no let me guess first before we talk about these okay um, okay look, look at look at the all the nine again yeah, yeah, like me, the, the, yeah, yeah. The gonna get, nine. i got my wikipedia table here let's see yeah yeah yeah. get your wikipedia <laughs> table out. and i will say the wikipedia table now that i'm i missed the uh the like christianity lincolns i'm feeling like i definitely missed out because there's a whole section called holy idea which is terrific uh and so yeah. definitely some tie-ins here I would see. I was gonna guess you might also be a four, but I could see you being a two as well. Um, I'm gonna go. I, I think you might also be a four. What's my wing? Uh, two. Well, wow, those are the two ones that I thought you might be. So. Okay, so a wing has to be on either side. Uh, it of the has four. to be. Okay, then so I guess I'll go with five just to just to be uh, something different. Dude, I'm really impressed. Like you got really close. <laughs> Sounds like I really didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. You really did. So <laughs> okay, I okay. Scored, I scored highest on the four. Hell yeah. And second highest on the five, Dude. which is what you guessed. But Frick because yeah. of those last questions, however, in their super scientific way of you oh, know, they switched it around. It, I ended up being a type five. Okay. First, with like a really high, strong score. Dude, it's like we're friends for like a long time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so let's give listeners the quick and dirty on uh, on the type uh, type uh, three and type five. I'll I'll go mine first, just okay. to do a little deep dive, and then you can look at your uh, report and then give us kind of some all of right, the right. sounds good. Uh, some of the details. So. Uh, as fives, we stand out for our insatiable curiosity, hunger for knowledge, independence, and ability to make sense of vast amounts of data. Content to be alone, where they can focus and think Hello? analytically, 
they're attuned to structure. Uh, there, wait, say it again. I think you cut out slightly. We can, we can. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Start from the very beginning so that we can, we can edit it. We just edit it in right Yeah. Totally. Okay. And he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Too much fanfare. Okay. So us type fives stand out for our insatiable curiosity, hunger for knowledge, independence, and ability. I think you guys are just really hungry. (laughs) Vast amounts of data. (laughs) Yeah, it has insatiable and hunger. Maybe just different. Like hadn't had dinner yet. (laughs) Yeah, most fives are over three hundred pounds. Um, can tend to be alone where we can focus and think analytically. We're attuned to structure and strive to maintain a fair, impartial, and non-judgmental view of the world. Um, so core fear being annihilated, invaded, or not existing. Dude, I'm with you on that. That sounds terrible. It sounds <laughs> that terrible. Is, that I is a straight up core of, fear. Yeah, I think this kind of relates to fives tending to be really like existentialist you know okay okay um we don't like having obligations placed upon us or our energy being depleted i think i think it's fair to say fives tend to be introverts too Mm. um our core desire is being capable and competent nice our core weakness is avarice feeling that you lack inner resources and that too much interaction with others will lead to catastrophic depletion Dang. So we withhold ourselves from contact with the world and hold on and kind of hoard our resources and minimize our needs. And our core longing is your needs are not a problem. If you ever want to comfort a five, just say, you know, your needs are not a problem. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of uh, fives. We're very like stuck in our heads. You know, we're, we're not terribly like. Wait, say that again. You cut bodies. out. You cut out there. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, sorry. If you ever want to comfort a five, is what you said, and then. Oh yeah, uh, you just want to you just want to tell them your needs are not a problem. Nice. That's nice. Very, it's very sweet. Very sweet. <laughs> um, so yeah, fives. We're just like uh, we're stuck in our heads. We're not very in tune with our bodies. You know, you're probably not going to find a lot of fives on the dance floor. Although I do like to dance, so go find me out there that must but be the four in, in you you know must be the four in me um you're not gonna like fives don't like to be touched you know we're not terribly affectionate people mm. um so yeah there's like kind of like a whole lot of things like i think um in a healthier state it's easier for us to be kind of like vulnerable but in an unhealthy state we tend to withdraw and isolate and become emotionally distant um we're very kind of like uh, boundary minded so we're okay. very respectful of other people's boundaries but we're also like very wanting our own boundaries and space mm. um, something emblematic of the fives um, yeah uh, do you want to hear some famous fives some famous, damn right uh... I do <laughs> all right coming right up um, okay so let's see how did you we're, get this information uh, so we're called uh, the investigators so some of these people probably won't you know, surprise you that they're fives. Nietzsche. Nice. Um, let's see. David Lynch, the film. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. To Stanley Kubrick. Dude, some you need to get into film, man. Yeah. Uh, Einstein. Who's that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stephen Hawking. So you can see from a lot of these names, like film, uh, film directors and writers and you know, I don't know, like philosophers or mathematicians, whatever, like just think people who take 
an insane amount of data and synthesize it into something either like a narrative or something comprehensible, like a mathematical theory in the case of mm. Einstein. Is that John Nash from A Beautiful Mind, I guess, is a, is yeah, a fine nice. as well. Mm. Or, you know, Nietzsche with philosophy, like just, you know, taking in an ungodly amount of information and then distilling it into something communicable. Um, yeah, so um, that's a... Uh, that's kind of the quick and dirty on the fives. Um, we don't want to be useless or helpless or incapable. Um, I really, I know how like all of them, you know, like any personality test, there isn't one that's like bad, but I would like to think that there's one out there where it's like, yeah, this person just likes to be worthless, <laughs> capable. <laughs> yeah, the avoidable, the avoidable person. Yeah. Um, so my four wing, which we can talk about, because we both have a four wing, so we'll yeah. we'll talk about that after you. Uh, give us the the quick and dirty on the on the three um or well i was actually four was my main one four actually was my main one what they so the email said you're a four with the three wing yes interesting i disagree but i mean it was close i i think it was one probably one question difference because they're the same percentage so you know hmm okay well do you want to give us the the rundown on the four then or the three or which which one do you feel well, uh, I only have the information for the four, so I I think I'm better prepared. Although I probably, I mean, I don't know much about the threes, but I would say, I don't know. I don't have enough information. I'm going to go with I don't have enough information. But okay. uh, I have the information for the four, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah, yeah, go with that. And then we'll talk okay. about the three because I will talk about why I think okay. you're three. But you can okay. tell me. Give us Give us the quick on the four. Okay, so I'm going to go from the Wikipedia table and then I'll draw from the other thing because yeah, I feel like him. this gives it is the, the quick and dirty uh, here. So the four is the individualist slash romantic. <laughs> my, my ego fixation, this is the table is giving me, is melancholy, which, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think that's probably fair. I do enjoy a good melancholic uh, movie. Uh, my, my holy idea is origin. Uh, I don't know what that means, but I'll just take them at face value there. Uh, my basic fear is having no identity or significance, which I would say is pretty scary. I don't know if it's as scary as the one you said, but it is <laughs> still scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one sounded terrifying. Uh, basic desire to be uniquely myself. I don't know if that's true, but I'll, I'll take it. Um, temptation to overuse imagination in search of self. Uh, fair. I don't know exactly what that means, but I'll, I'll give it to him. I also score very highly in stress and security measures, which I would say is probably pretty legit. All right, I'm jumping over to the, the page itself. Um, key motivations, fours want to be the unique selves to express themselves in something beautiful, to find the ideal partner to withdraw so they can protect their feelings and to take care of emotional needs before they do anything else. Fours do not want to restrain or lose touch with their emotions, to have their individual, individuality go unseen, to feel ordinary, to have their taste question, to follow impersonal rules and procedures, or to proceed uh, to spend time with people they perceive as lacking taste or emotional depth. Well, I think that this podcast proves that's not true. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, that's type four. Um, yeah. I'll, mm-hmm. uh, I have a, another uh, a paragraph on here on the four. Okay. Okay. If, yeah. Um... Let's see. Yeah. yeah. And now I want to, I don't know how you got to the famous people. That sounds cool, but I don't have that on my end. So. Oh yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll go through some famous okay. fours, nice. um, from the Enneagram Institute. So uh, again, the kind of like tagline of the four is the individualist, um, which I think describes you 
and and me for that matter um very like you know kind of individual people we both you know moved to the uk for uh years and didn't really know anyone i mean other than your uncle right shout uh, out kind of... huge listeners over there so that's a half our support <laughs> yeah. base <laughs> um so let's see they um um healthy fours are honest with themselves they own all of their feelings and can look at their motives contradictions and emotional conflicts without denying or whitewashing them they may not necessarily like what they discover but they do not try to rationalize their states nor do they try to hide them from themselves or others they're not afraid to see themselves warts and all what do you think i mean i need to work on my skincare routine but we all knew that so (laughs) (laughs) i think that was that was more in line i would say that was mostly legit yeah okay um healthy fours are willing to reveal highly personal and potentially shameful things about themselves because they are determined to understand the truth of their experience so that they can i feel like a discover. lot of this is riding on whether or not I'm, I'm a healthy four or an unhealthy four <laughs> well but you know all of this all of this was just designed for you to publicly air your secrets and what you're most ashamed of on this episode this is a cambridge analytical ploy huh so if i <laughs> They're gonna take me down. I think. I think one thing that really distinguishes the four is that they like want incredible to be, sense of they, humor. They, like, <laughs> no, they don't want to blend in. They like want people. Fair to enough. Be like, wow, that that person's exceptional, or that person's different, or like gotcha, there's something, gotcha. you know, um, okay, uh, you know, especially significant or mm. uh you know, grand about that person. And I think, I mean, you said it, not me. (laughs) (laughs) So I think fours tend to be um, like creative or like produce some sort of creative thing that kind of wows people. Right. Mm. So some famous fours, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, Chopin and Tchaikovsky, Mm, um, Amy Winehouse. Dude, great music. uh, Marlon Brando little bit I feel, I feel like i feel like marlon brando he's the perfect representation of the four right so think of like a moody kind of dark artist you know someone like a method actor who gets lost in their roles but sure. also also what makes them transcendent is that they inhabit those characters and those people to the degree where where you know everybody can find themselves in there right i do often get confused for marlon brando so i think this is <laughs> right. something here yeah, Morgan, a young Brando. I had a colleague uh, a couple months ago that I, I'd never met her before. I was helping her with some committee uh, thing. And she was like, you you, you look kind of like a young Tom Cruise. Have you gotten that before? And I was like, what? Dude, I love it when good. people are just like make totally absolute nonsense uh, comparisons that make you yeah. look really good. It's yeah. the best. <laughs> um, Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen and Bob Dylan. Oh, that's cool. I'll take Leonard Cohen. If I had yeah. to choose one, I would say Leonard Cohen could be a, a, an awesome representation. Yeah. So Leonard Cohen, Bob Dylan, Paul Simon, it's saying they're all fours. I think I think that's musicians. I think yeah, fours. That makes sense. Yeah. So melancholy they, as the main term. I feel like if melancholy is a very kind of musical. Totally. Emotional. Totally. Yeah. Which I think, you know, and I identify with a lot of this too, because four is my wing. Um, so, you know, it's the idea of like me going to the uk for a couple years just to write a book like that's a very four thing to just isolate from people 
and create something you know and i think musicians like obviously do that too they'll just shut away like uh that story of uh bon Iver's first album where justin mm. vernon in wisconsin just went to a cabin in the woods and recorded for emma forever ago to like get over a breakup that's like classic four thing you know? classic four i wonder if johnny would get a four probably no johnny's a seven uh, that makes sense yeah i have to read through the rest of them but yeah that makes sense Right, also, so I have I... a I have a friend who I'm gonna give a shout out to because I know she listens to our podcast, Andrea, who loves personality tests. So if we do anything wrong or say anything wrong, definitely send us an email. Yeah. Mm. Um. Okay. So so at your best, Morgan, if you are indeed a four, although I dispute that, profoundly creative, expressing the personal and universal, and possibly in a work of art. Um. Inspired, self renewing, and regenerating able to transform all their experiences into something valuable, self-creative, right? Um, So that's at your best. But why don't we uh, talk a little bit about the three, which I think- Okay, let's talk about the three. I I don't know much, I I don't have any information on the three, so you're gonna have to to give us some- Yeah, I'll I'll quarterback this one. So why I think you're a three is that the tagline for the three is the achiever. And when I think of Morgan Wag, I think of, you know, the kid in cross country who would come uh first and all of the practices and then all of the meets uh like really competitive right threes are really competitive and you uh have always like excelled at anything you've like really kind of focused on whether it was uh academia or soccer you know you're a player of the player of the year in your soccer league because you constantly remind me every time we talk you know um so successful oriented pragmatic uh, adaptable excelling driven and image conscious threes are self-assured attractive and charming <laughs> i mean i'm with you on this one this is sounding and, more like me every time every no but i think so i think the self-assured i think that really describes you i think ambitious describes you um, i was thinking driven. more the the charming one was the one that uh they're <laughs> diplomatic and poised i mean diplomacy like you've you know done that in south africa you're like in the uh, whole political science you know like you want to work for the state department it's like through this three central at their best you're self-accepting authentic everything you seem to be um your basic fears of being worthless basic desire feeling valuable and worthwhile um the three with the two wings the charmer Three with a four wing, which is why I think you are is the uh, professional. Nice. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you're kind of like um, a little bit the life of the party, a little bit, you know, you don't have to be the center of attention, but oftentimes threes are. So if we think about famous examples of threes, we're talking Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, um, Don Draper. Interesting. Um Let's see. Who are some other here's? They're like people that are good on stage, you know. Lance okay. Armstrong, uh, Paul McCartney. I'm surprised, I'm surprised they haven't taken Lance Armstrong off there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tony Blair, Bill Clinton. Ah, interesting. Okay, you got some politicians in there. Yeah, some yeah. charismatic politicians. Yeah, those kind of just like charming uh, people on stage, um, but also had to like really hustle to get to those places, you know, mm. which I feel like describes you in some ways. Um, they're frequently voted class president, Interesting. Um, which I think you could have, could have, could have been, I mean, you didn't really want it. I think you crave the like center of attention less than like 
a typical three, but you have the achieving kind of orientation that threes typically do, you know? I appreciate that. I, I think that's a healthy three. That's, that's what that is. Threes, yeah. Threes <laughs> at their best are self-accepting, <laughs> inner-directed, and authentic, modest and charitable, self-deprecating humor. You have a lot of self-deprecating humor, I'd say. And a fullness of heart emerge. Gentle and benevolent. Ooh, Fancy that's that. good stuff. Yeah. I will say that the three sounds better than the four. So if I had to self-place, I would put myself in the three rather than the four. But mm. Yeah, and something that's kind of fun about the Enneagram is you can see, like, compatibility with other types, like, in a relationship. So I don't know what what noms would be, but it's fun to be, like, once you figure out her type, to be like, oh, what would a three and a six be like, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it gives – and I don't know. I've talked to friends in relationships who – I don't know. That's, like, decoded some stuff that's been gotcha. helpful for, like, different will... different ways of seeing the world, you know? And we'll have which to have might a follow-up lead... episode where we make her take the, the Enneagram. Yeah, function. that'd be fun. Um <laughs> So, yeah, that's what um, that's kind of a, a quick synopsis. I think one other thing I wanted to to talk about would be the kind of different levels. So it's not bad to be any of the types, you know, like whatever type you are, it's not better than any one type. But there's like gradations within each type, which, you know, according to the Enneagram Institute, there's like nine gradations of like healthy uh, average. That's a smart way unhealthy. to do it. I feel like for the, the masses, like no one type is bad, but you can be a bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like type. an unhealthy yeah. version of that. Yeah. type. So if we think about like the low hanging fruit example of Donald Trump, right? So for a lot of us who like can't like fathom why that guy is the way he is, um, he's a type eight, which is the challenger. Um, so powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful and confrontational. So like type eights, they like get their energy from conflict and they need to like control everything and they can be egocentric and domineering, you know, Mm -hmm. so they must control their environment, especially people. Um, And so they will use like, you know, unhealthy eights will use like intimidation and confrontation to control people. Um, But, you know, so Donald Trump's like a a version of an unhealthy eight, but like a healthy eight is um, Oscar Schindler, right? So they can be in their healthy state like fighters, like protective of people who don't have a voice, you know, Martin Luther King, apparently this is saying is an eight too. It's like, think about how different, right. Martin Luther King is from Donald Trump. And yet they're on the same like continuum of the type eight. Does that make sense? Gotcha. No, it makes sense. So like the healthy type eight at their best, like is self-restrained and magnanimous and merciful and forbearing, mastering their self through self-surrender to a higher authority. So Martin Luther King, right self-surrender to a higher authority and in service of others, courageous, willing to put self in serious jeopardy to achieve their vision and have a lasting influence. So yeah, I'm okay all over that. And then uh, if we look at like level eight of the unhealthy, um, you know, gradation. So like one from the bottom, develop delusional ideas about their power, invincibility and ability to prevail megalomania, feeling omnipotent and vulnerable, recklessly overextending self. That's like Trump, all over like i i couldn't have put a better description of him right <laughs> yeah so it's yeah i don't know it's interesting because i just um i would have never i don't know you i think it gives you more terminology more wordage other than being like oh that person's crazy or that person's delusional you can be like well that person's on a continuum of this type and they're in a really unhealthy state of it and here's why they're like oriented to see the world this way you know 
Yeah, I think that's the, these things at their best kind of allow you to do some introspection or some like reasoning where you have words or terminology from which to place particular actions and ideas, right? Yeah. How much yeah. test, I think with these things, the thing I always get to like personality tests is like, I think how much the test retest reliability do you think there is to like particular moments in time? Like if I had been like a crazy joyous mood today, like after I talked to you, obviously, if I retook it, <laughs> what do you think that I would get the same? Like if I, you know, forgot what I did on the first version of the questions, how close to the same types of things do you think I would be? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think it would be close, but I can't speak from, you know, any data. Is that a metric that's regularly used to test retest reliability? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, say, for this type of thing, I would say that would be like a helpful metric. I actually think it's probably okay for this. Um, I don't think it's it's probably not too bad. Um, but that would be one thing I would be worried about with a lot of personality tests because it's it's just like certain questions on these types of things where you, you know, it's like, oh, I feel, you know, lonely or whatever. And it's, if you were in a particular moment in time, you'd be like, yeah. But then another moment you'd be like, meh, you know, not in a particular way. Um, I'd be worried how reliable it is over time, sort of. But yeah. And I think like, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, um, I think also the more you learn about it, the more, it might be, I don't know. I think you, I think it, your type could probably change as you go through life a little bit more, get to know yourself a little bit more. So like, I think if you had more experiences and knew yourself better, your answers probably would be more honest on some of the questions, which would better reflect the result, you know? Whereas yeah. if you took this when you were 10 years old and took it when you were 40, for sure, maybe you'd get the same result, but it, you're probably not right yeah 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 no i think that's yeah. definitely true and i think that's legitimate though like personality is the type of thing that should really if, it, if we're saying it's a definitive thing should be different at 10 than it is at you know 35 i would hope yeah, so anyway totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah that that question about uh where you're gonna eat dinner is probably gonna change a little bit <laughs> like freaking going to the chinese place around the corner take it <laughs> right yeah. Chuck E. Cheese. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much, um, I found it fascinating and, and a helpful tool. Um, it's not, again, it's not scientific, but I think it is uh, helpful in the way that some of these, I mean, yeah, the big five, I'd say, I was going to say, you know, how can you really, you know, establish like something as complex a personality? But it seems like they've more or less accomplished it with the big five. So, if you want the scientific uh, version, go for the big five. But I haven't found the big five like terribly easy to uh, use in the world. I don't know. I feel like it needs a little bit more like a, a psychologist to kind of walk you through it. Whereas this is a little bit more approachable, maybe. Gotcha. No, that's fair. I mean, I think the reason so many people enjoy these things is because they serve, if not a an outward purpose, like they, yeah, they give you a sense of framework from which to see your actions in context, right? Yeah. Whether or not that context is legitimate is up for debate, but at least see it in a way that you can help explain it. Or I think of, yeah, totally. And I think a very basic healthy outcome of something like this is just realizing that not everybody is wired like you are. Yeah, that's true. 
and I think we forget that's that something sometimes. we forget all I don't at least I forget all the freaking time so that I think is going to be hopefully a helpful thing and not to and not, and not to for it to give you a sense of superiority too you know like oh a two is the best because we're generous and if everybody were just twos then everything would be fine you know like allowing the strengths to of each of the type in the healthy states to have their kind of place and to see how society functions well when those are in balance not to ruin the uh the focus on on christianity or anything but what do you think like it's is it weird in general that we all have different personalities like it seems like from an evolutionary standpoint having so many people with different dispositions all the time would not be helpful but i suppose if you're like in a group you need certain people to take on certain roles for the highest amount of success i don't know Right. No, I think, I mean, I assume like much of the world, I don't know. I don't know much about evolutionary biology, but it seems like there has to be an evolutionary biology reason for these nine types. Right. The idea the and like the dispersion among those, the idea that we're all not just nines who just kind of like sit around and don't want to pipe up and don't want any conflict <laughs> yeah. or we're all, we're all, we're eights, all yeah. just eights just constantly yeah. confronting each other and fighting. Right. But you need at least one eight or something to lead you into battle. I don't know. Yeah. Like you need some leaders and you need some followers and you need some people to like, who are write the music, more... <laughs> write the, uh, the <laughs> fiction stories in the background. No, those are the <laughs> only people we don't need. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, yeah, I assume there's some sort of, um, I don't know, I heard a compelling theory from Robin Wall Kemmerer, who's a botanist and a Native American uh, writer. And she was making the case that cooperation is a hugely like understudied component of evolution. A hundred percent. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. That like survival of the fittest has been way too like too much focus and, and importance has been put on that. Whereas um, if you look at the plant world, like cooperation is, is huge. Well, not even in the plant world, right? Like if you yeah. look at like most of human history, it was like small groups of like 20 to 30 people. You pretty much, cooperation is the main thing, right? If you're just stuck, think of any 20 to 30 people you know and how much it would suck to be stuck with them 24 seven for the, your whole life. Like, <laughs> you have to be pretty cooperative to make that work yeah 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 so i think all that to say like uh there's certain um i don't know i guess natural checks and balances that allow for the group to flourish in a way that if everybody were you know oriented or wired the same way that the group wouldn't flourish because there would just be like the blind spots of those specific personality types or proclivities would just be magnified to the extent that it would like threaten the whole, you know? Sure. No, that makes sense. Um, well, sounds good. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'd encourage anyone to kind of check it out. If uh, any of this sounds interesting, if this all doesn't sound interesting, I'm sorry for the last 45 minutes of your time. <laughs> <laughs> or bad. Leave <laughs> it on the floors. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, we would put a shout out as usual for our next episode. As we've shown, we're, we're willing to do pretty much anything. We will interrogate it the best we can. Um, and yeah, anyone, I know people really um, have opinions on this subject. So if, if you have something specific you want us to add or you want a, a follow up, definitely let us know and we can, we can bring it up on the next episode. 
Yeah, sounds great. Oh, and um, I think if anybody wants to uh, follow along in advance, we're going to watch In Bruges, which is maybe the greatest movie of all time, and talk about that soon. So if you're sitting on the couch and you're like, you know, maybe I'll pop that on so I can follow along and really know what's happening in this next episode of Rashmars, definitely give it a shot. Yeah, In Bruges, the fact that that's both of our favorite movies shows how big of a four, you know, component <laughs> we have. For, that's definitely like, the, true. The romantic, individualist, melancholy, like... We're basically you know. just a BuzzFeed quiz. It's like, how does your movie... What movie explains your personality? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in Bruges. So, yeah, hopefully that'll be our next pod. All right, sounds good. Well, until next right. time, rational listeners. Peace. Peace.